Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock. Excited to have with me today, Cedric Bertelli. Did I say it right? Yeah, you said it perfectly. Hi, right, Terry. Good to see you. You probably say it much more beautifully than I do. So, <laughs> No, you did a very good job. Oh, thank you. So you are founder and director of the Emotional Health Institute. And yeah. we were talking just a second before I hit record. Um, you know, I'm fascinated, absolutely fascinated by what it is you're doing. So talk to our audience about, about what it is you're doing. Great. Well, thank you for the opportunity, first of all. And uh, well, what we do at the Emotional Health Institute is trying to demystify emotional difficulties. You know, um, uh, our mission is to understand how the brain constructs disruptive emotional pattern and how the brain can deconstruct emotional pattern naturally, simply. Has, it has the functions to do that. So at the Institute, we do several things. We train um, therapists, coaches, nurses, doctors to resolve emotional difficulties with their clients or their patients. And of course, we have a directory of uh, practitioners, certified practitioners that can help clients or people dealing with anxieties, depression, any kind of emotion that keeps on coming back again and again and again. Yeah. So our mission is to uh, bring education and support to the community. That's beautiful. And I, and I love, I, I, again, I, I just, as I told you before, I've, I've gone through EMDR and I've done tapping and I've done Ho'opono Hawaiian healing and all of these things, as I say, is adding to my toolbox. And this is just one of the things that I found fascinating. I watched one of your YouTube videos that you had created. And um, the thing you said was going beyond the intellect. And I wanted to talk about that because you know, when you and I had spoken, I said, when I felt a panic attack come on, and an overwhelming panic attack, I could feel the disconnect happen. So talk to us about what it is that's going on with people. Yeah, absolutely. But you're completely right. When we're having an emotion, an emotional difficulty, it can be a, a panic attack, but it can be jealousy, it can be anger, it can be a low anxiety. When we have an emotional difficulty in us, we're not in charge anymore. Basically, our emotion is having us and leading us along. We're trying to survive the whole thing. We're trying to navigate the whole thing. But when we feel an emotional difficulty, we are driven by the emotion. And we're driven by the subconscious. Um, what we understand today from the latest research in neuroscience is that the main, one of the main functions of the brain is to predict. Our brain is not reacting to things. Our brain is predicting based on past events. What we understand today is that in order for us to have a disruptive emotional pattern in our life, at the origin of a pattern, what started a pattern, is always the same thing. It's always a bad experience, what you and I will call a trauma. Now, um, trauma, uh, for you and I, we adults, we're thinking about maybe sexual abuse, uh, abusive relationships, a car accident, the loss of a loved one. All these are traumas, of course. But when we are a little baby, little things, what, what we feel are little things, are huge for them. Coming out of the womb, uh, the light when they come out of the womb, all these create trauma as well for them. Basically, to make a long story short, when we're having a very high stress in us, to make it simple, we can say that the cognitive brain is shutting down. It is a natural process to preserve our sanity. So yeah. we have a very high stress, cognitive brain is shutting down. However, the subconscious brain is recording 
everything that is happening around us and inside us. So let's say something very stressful happened to me. I will have the cognitive shutting down. My subconscious will record everything. What I see, what I taste, what I hear, what I feel, what's happening around me, and what's going on inside of me, what we call the interoception in, in neuroscience, the physical sensations happening in, uh, inside of me. You know, to give you an idea, uh, there's a doctor, Dr. Lipton, who came up with this um, research showing that the subconscious brain can record up to 20 million bits of information a second. Wow. When the cognitive brain can only record 40 bits of information. So the way that the subconscious brain record events is very different. Is Intellectually, I would say, do not make sense compared to how we recall things cognitively. As I was saying earlier, the brains predict. You probably noticed that when you, uh, when you eat an apple, for example, even before biting an apple, you know exactly how it's going to taste like. Right. Based on the shape, based on the color, you know what you're going to taste like. We keep on predicting based on past experiences. When we're having a, a trauma, a traumatic event, the event is going on, and then we move on in life. But later on, as a child, as a teenager, or as an adult, when our subconscious brain gather, sense one element that was present during that traumatic event, our subconscious brain is going to instantly predict what physical sensations we're going to feel in the body. Based on the physical sensations, that were felt at the moment of the trauma. So the subconscious brain gathers an information, sends an information, automatically predict what you're going to feel inside of your body. You know that the way that we feel an emotion, the way that we realize that we're having an emotion, is through the way we feel in our body. The way that an emotion is lived in our life as human beings is first through a set of physiological sensations. And then the cognitive brain is putting those physical sensations into a context, and here you have your emotion. So what's happening is um, subconscious brain gather an element, predict the physical sensations. Physical sensations are generated. Cognitive brain try to put it in context, but when the cognitive brain cannot stop those physical sensations, and you won't be able to, that's when an emotion exists. Yeah. Now, those, so it's, it's quite simple if you think about it. The thing, well, it's complex, of course, but said like this is kind of simple. Those physical sensations that we feel during an emotion, that's the key to the emotional healing of people. Those physical sensations that we feel during an emotion is an obsolete prediction from the brain an archaic prediction from the brain. Basically, the brain was never able to update a prediction, to update an event. It was never able to feel, to understand that what is seen, even today, as a stimulus, today have no impact in our life. Yes. And I, and I got goosebumps up my arm when you were talking about it because what I thought about was, you know, when we 
when we tapped into all of my past trauma and it was a, a gigantic load of trauma through my first 22 years of life, mm. we, we were able to, you know, resolve so much of it. Um, and I was able to heal a lot, but there was one particular thing that held on and through four years and 98 sessions and all the other work I've done from tapping and all of that, we've never been able to tap into why I have a horrific fear of bridges and driving over bridges and being stuck on a bridge or and or highways and so we kept trying to come around to it and i've just i've just had this feeling all along that somewhere in my life probably early in my childhood i was probably on a bridge because we traveled over them a lot to see my grandparents as a child and my mom um, was an alcoholic and you know there was a lot of tension between my parents and all I can think is there was probably some sort of argument or something happened or maybe a scary incident on a bridge but we just have never been able to tap into it and so what you're saying so resonates with me because yeah I'm sure that there's a link and no doubt in my mind between I loved what you just said about you know like me even seeing a bridge and like approaching it and I'm just like bah! <laughs> yeah. And it, at this point, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense and it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter in the sense that the way, as long as we feel an emotion in our life today, it's, it's the way I talk to my, to, my, to my students. I always say, when we feel an emotion, when the emotion is there, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where the emotion is there. When the emotion is present, it's like a vortex in time. When you feel the emotion, when you feel the fear of the bridge, the vortex is open in your brain and in your body to go revisit through sensations the origin of the difficulty. Once you revisit it once and it's painless, the brain can update the prediction, can integrate and today a bridge is not a source of danger for you. Right. Yeah. Most of the time it takes one session. That's just amazing. So do you, do you work with people? How do people do this kind of work? Is, is it something that can be done like via a Zoom interview oh, yeah. or, okay? Absolutely. So we train, uh, we train practitioners, the therapists, or they just, I mean, we train pastors, therapists. It doesn't matter, you know. Um, you don't need to have a formal education, uh, formal education to do this work with, with people. You know, we explain to you exactly how to do it. it it's safe and it's work in, in a wonderful way. You can work with people on Skype, on the phone, or in person. It doesn't matter. What we will do is we will retrigger specifically an emotion that you want to resolve. Not talking about past trauma based on a current situation. For exactly, maybe you're driving for a bridge yesterday. And we get your body to generate the interoception, to generate those physical sensations. From this point, it's very simple. We're going to hook your consciousness or you're going to hook your consciousness to those physical sensations and you're going to feel them without trying to understand them or without trying to change them you're going to feel them from a safe place so your brain can notice that you can go through those physical sensations and nothing is happening to you nowadays you're not impacted whatsoever by this stimulus once the body and the brain or the brain is the body can go through this experience of consciously connecting to those sensations and feeling that nothing is going on the prediction is updated automatically instantly and permanently because our brain predict and change prediction every day all day long that's how we learn 
you know, yeah. that's how we learn. Yeah, fascinating. So you're you're in San Francisco, yes? Yes, yes, the institute is in San Francisco, yeah. But okay. people are, trained people are all over the U.S. Okay, and that was my next question. So the, so people could find a practitioner, you know, I'm in the Cincinnati area, so I there, there's probably practitioners here. Uh, Cincinnati, not yet. Uh, you will have people... You will have people in New York, in Boulder, Colorado, in Dallas, Texas, Big Spring, Texas, Portland, Oregon, Ashland, Oregon, uh, the Old Bay Area. Okay. And, and uh, but not Cincinnati yet. All right. Let's cool. put a group. Let's go over there. Right. <laughs> we'll have to make sure that somebody in Cincinnati starts to do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that's the cool thing about Skype and Zoom, and you know, you, that you know, you can find somebody. It doesn't have to be somebody local. So absolutely, and and you can uh, you can go through the directory, see somebody that you like, and connect with them. And, exactly. Uh, exactly. Absolutely. So. What is your website so that people can, can visit and find out more information? It's uh, emotionalhealthinstitute.org. Okay. And, yeah. then, oh. and then you do, do you travel and do trainings with, with other um, organizations? Yeah, I travel all over the U.S. Uh, to train uh, practitioners, uh, and that's what I do. You know, the goal is really to, to spread this work and to make it like an evidence. You know, our, our mission is really to, for people to know that there is no reason to live with PTSD, with trauma, with anxiety, right. with depression. There is no reason. No reason. Our body has the capacity to update information, to update prediction. We just need to give the body the opportunity to do so. Because if you think about it, every time we're having an emotion, like a panic attack, for example, all we're trying to do is like, get out of there or yeah. cope with it or trying to survive it because it's so strong. Well, the solution is within it, within the panic attack, within the sensation. That's where the solution is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I say that to people because I say, you know, when I started, I knew I was starting to heal was that when I was finally able to be comfortable within my own body, I was no longer dissociating. I was no longer you know, trying to be away from it, but I was able to be with the sensations. I was yeah. able to, I was able to know that my body was trying to tell me something that there was, so I was being triggered. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So once that happened and I love what you just said there, because yeah, it is within what the body is saying. Um, it is within it. Absolutely. <laughs> and we spend our life to try to shut it down yeah. because it's counterintuitive to get in. It is scary to get in. And, and there's a, an inner struggle happening when we're having an emotional difficulty, which is the, the subconscious is trying to tell you something, is trying to tell you that you're in danger. The cognitive brain do not see the danger and trying to convince the, the, the subconscious that is wrong. You cannot convince the subconscious that it's wrong. Right. It's a primal, it's a primal uh, way to, to communicate with us. Sure. Trying to convince through positive thought or through understanding the body that it's wrong is like trying to speak Chinese to a French guy. It's yes. not going to work. Right, right. You know? And yeah. I would say even enforce the belief of the subconscious and there is a danger because it tells you there is a danger. And instead of showing the subconscious there is no danger, you're trying to avoid the danger or to fight the danger. Yes. You know? 
Oh, I love it. Yes. And it, I'm just like, ah, yes. I so, so resonate with what you're saying because the body is saying, you know, oh, there's a tiger in the bushes and it's going to eat you. And then it's like, there, there is no tiger. And then you're searching like, where's the tiger? You know, yeah. cause my body's telling me, no, 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 it's there. It's there, you know? And yeah. And then when you don't remember the trauma, when you don't, because most of our trauma from little, little childhood, early childhood, we right. don't remember them. And sometimes you just can't remember them. When there is a very high stress, when the hippocampus is uh, impacted in such way that you don't remember, the memory is actually not available to you. Right. You know? So uh, when there is no, when we don't remember the trauma and we find ourselves in a situation, for example, social anxiety, and we, we don't know why we have social anxiety, so we create a story about it. We create a story about it. We create a reason why. Most of the time, it's not the reality of things. You know? So we're we having those fears happening, and then we create traits of our personality based on the fear. When most of the time, I don't know if most of the time is correct, when often that's not the reality of things. You know, we just have a fear. It doesn't matter why. Let's get in there. Let's carry it up. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. I, you know, I'm, I'm involved in an online organization called ACES, which is Adverse Childhood Experiences, and it's ACES Connection is the community. And so the work being done a lot with is, is to try to help children as, you know, almost immediately after they've been traumatized or obviously trying to prevent the trauma from happening. But how about work with children? I mean, is, is that um, a focus of, you know, to try to prevent panic attacks from starting to happen and so forth? Yeah, that's a great question. <clears throat> For children between three and 10 years old, um, we, cannot do <clears throat> so we cannot do session with them. We have to do an intervention when they are feeling an emotion. It's too difficult for them to recreate an emotion and for us to get their attention to this, just too complex. So what we do is we train educators and parents and grandparents on how to do interventions with the children. <clears throat> Here in San Francisco and Marin County, we uh, train about 100 teachers, educators, to do this work with the kids in schools and hundreds of parents as well. So what we do is when the child is having an emotional difficulty, the vortex that we speak of yeah. earlier is open they have an emotion we can help them right here right then so we teach the adults how to access the subconscious memory how to access the body to help the child to resolve the emotion felt right here and right then so for young children we train adults to do it with them yeah of course there is no touch it's it's very respectful from the child you know right. it's it's extremely quick because at this age, they didn't learn yet how to cope so much with yes. the emotion. Yeah. When adults, we pros to cope with stuff. Little children, it's much more natural, much faster than for an adult. Right. Well, and that's why I find, I just find it so fascinating, the work with children. You know, I told you beforehand, I have Sammy, my therapy dog, in here with kids. And we you know, are in the office, and she works with kids. And I love, children are just so resilient, and children can go through traumatic events and if you provide something that helps them regulate those emotions yeah um, yeah it's just fascinating i mean what just watching this dog and what she can do for kids um, it's amazing working with animals is amazing dogs horses yeah i knew i knew this uh, gentleman in france who did a lot of 
um, trauma healing with horses, with children. It's, it's amazing. I think because they tap into this part of, of the subconscious constantly. Right now we're having uh, one of the trainers from the, the Emotional Health Institute. She's in Germany. <clears throat> Her name is Dr. Monica Wilke. She's an ethologist. So she's a specialist of um, animals' behaviors. And she's collaborating with a veterinarian and another practitioners, uh, practitioner to work on the fear of horses and cows because animals also have fears. And it works exactly the same way that you work with children. You know, uh, it's, <clears throat> you can only do a session in the moment, of course. You cannot re- you know, re-trigger an emotion in a horse. Right, you know? right. But if you do an intervention in the moment, and it works fantastic. You know, yeah. this natural capacity, if we can say, to resolve our emotions, it's something I think which is common to all mammals, at least, you know, and it's tapping into the subconscious. Right. Through yeah. the sensations of the body. You have me all fired up. I'm ready to sign up and do it, man. Because Let's do it. Let's bring you to sanity. Absolutely. <laughs> I just, again, I just find it, you know, because everything you're saying is so resonating with, how powerful my undergrad is in psychology. And so, you know, how, how many psychology classes I took as I worked on my degree and uh, how much of it is, does resonate, you know, in, in the, it's just, or I don't want to say created, but stored, I guess, is what you're saying. You yeah. Know, when you say 20 million bits of information, you know, it's stored in the subconscious. And then as we confront things or we are presented with things. Being fired up. Yeah, fired up. absolutely. Which again, I think why mindfulness, you know, mindfulness practices, I, I practice that every day. Sammy and I took a nature hike this morning and we practice mindfulness as we go through. And I think that's, you know, in my opinion, why mindfulness is working so well in helping people, you know, with calming strategies, because um, you are storing that information, that calming information into the subconscious. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> now, remember, and, and for the audience as well, is when the emotion is present, then the door is open to resolve the emotion by tapping into the physical sensations, but not trying to understand what's happening, not trying to control anything. <clears throat> know that the physical sensation felt can be scary, but they're completely safe. They're just archaic traces. They have no impact today. Yeah. We need, to, we need to go into the vortex. We need to go into those sensations. Right. Very cool. Very cool. And I think the work then therapists, the, for me, it's very important to share this work with therapists because a therapist can help. <coughs> Sorry, I, got, I lost my voice a couple of days ago. It's okay. <laughs> and you still have a hard time. <clears throat> um, therapists can help clients, patients to recognize a pattern, you know? And when the client or the patient is has recognized and is ready to let go, then we can go for it. Yeah. You know, but putting this work in the hand of therapists for me is, is very important. So you can guide the person to take ownership of the emotion. Our emotional difficulty are not, I mean, it's not our fault if we feel, a, if we had a trauma, of course not. Right. However, our emotions are ours. Once we take ownership of our emotion, once we realize that our body creates those emotions, we become in charge. We're not a victim of our emotion anymore. We construct emotion. They are ours. 
and they're also ours to heal. Right. And it's completely doable. Yeah. Wonderful. So one of the things, um, you know, and I think we've, we've certainly tapped on it here and there, but one of the questions that I have is, you know, are there any myths or facts that you want to clarify for people, things that you've come across and been like, mm, no, or, oh, yeah, this is really it? Uh, Re-talking re about the trauma. I think talking about the trauma, I don't want to say constantly, but often people go through talking through the trauma again and again and again to try to achieve healing. I think it's hurtful and I think it's useless. The way the person is today, the way that they feel their emotion today is the gate to the resolution of the emotion. There is no point in torturing someone to try to bring back memory or recreate memory. It is harmful, useless, and frankly, I think, disrespectful. So, yeah, take the person the way they are today. It's enough, and that's the, the, the most natural gate to a resolution, to a healing. Yeah, and, and I, again, I go back to as, as we revisit and revisit and revisit, isn't that in some ways I would think, you know, still keeping that connection happening between the traumatic event and the emotional connection. It, Absolutely. It, yeah. it's, it's in many ways, it's re-traumatizing. Yeah. So we don't do that. We don't do that. And, and there is no point in doing that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Um, I have to ask you one of my favorite questions only because I love the answers. And right. uh, I learn a lot about, about my guests, but also amazing people in the world. So if you could meet anyone dead or alive, to help you with your continued mission, who would it be? Well, uh, it's, uh, I was about to, uh, to cite the French person, but uh, nobody is going is to is uh, know him. Um, I, would say, I, would, I would think it would be Nelson Mandela. I would, love to, I would have loved to, uh, to meet the man if I had the opportunity. Uh, yeah, I think that would be the one I would choose. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. What a, a peaceful soul and um, yeah, love his mission and message for sure. Yeah, yeah. and you can really see the power of, of peace of mind. You can see, uh, if you look at Nelson Mandela um, uh, talks from early on in his career, he was a pretty angry young man. When you listen to him at the, at the beginning of his career and at the end, you can see the power. At the end, Every single word has an impact, a deep, visceral impact into the audience because it, speak, it speaks from a place of peace, of power, and not from anger. Anything that comes from anger, anything that we do through the lens of an emotional difficulty has almost no impact. We're going to resonate with the anger and the hatred of the person listening to us. The key for me is to really resolve as much fear as we can so we can most of the time connect to people from this place beyond the intellect. Yes. You know, so that's, that's for me is important. Uh, yeah. And beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Because I say all the time that, you know, when you connect heart to heart, soul to soul, light to light, however you want to look at it, um, it is, it's beyond the intellect. It's um, yeah. With, and without all of that. 
Absolutely. And that, that has to happen naturally. If we even control, like if we, I think that if we take the time to center and all that, I think this kind of connection from heart to heart can happen. And I know it happens naturally, you know, when there is no fear, when there is no, uh, um, yeah, fear, no matter what, what you put behind the word fear, when there is no fear from one side to another, you're actually able to connect in the deepest level possible. And you're actually able to have conversations, even if you disagree on things. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful moment when it happens. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. So anything else that you want to talk to the audience about? No, I think, I mean, I'm sure there's more things, but <laughs> I, think, I think we covered. No, I'm done. Okay. We, we, and I think we covered. I think we covered a lot of it. You know, um, the main thing is we don't have to live with fear or stress or anxiety or trauma. We really don't. Uh, we, we can help you to resolve that, you know. And um, yeah, 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 yeah. And the yeah. second thing is our body has the capacity to resolve all this stuff, to resolve all our disruptive emotional pattern. Yeah. You know, we just need to learn how. And we just need to give the opportunity to the body to do so. Yes. I, I had read somewhere that, you know, the universe is, is always trying to create balance. It's all, when something's off, it's trying to fix it. And that our bodies are the same. Our brains are the same. You know, brain plasticity studies, you know, that we can, um, you know, heal those old habits, habitual patterns. And, sure. um, so yeah, what you're saying just reminds me of that of that philosophy of you know we we crave to feel centered and at peace and um, free of all of that negative emotion. So yeah, for me, the body is a tuning fork, tuning fork with the universe and the world. You know, the body is really like a tuning fork. If we are if we are tuned, it's fantastic, you know. And I don't mean like living in ecstasy. I don't think human beings is meant or meant to live in ecstasy or constant joy all the time. It's impossible, it's not sustainable. Right. Huh? I mean the Dalai Lama doesn't live in ecstasy all the time. I don't know anybody who can. But I think that the way to live is contentment, feeling content, feeling in tune with what's happening. That means that there is a, if there is a danger, well, you're in tune with the danger and you can act for it. You know, I often tell my students, once you resolve stuff, it's not all rainbow and butterfly. No, but you are tuned with what's happening around you. You are tuned to your instinct, to your intuition, to your intuition and to what, what is happening Yes. on a clear and crisp level. Yes, living in the now, you know, being present in this moment, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's doable when there's yes. no fear. And I agree. And um, yeah, well, I'm a huge fan and I love what you're doing and I, I thank you for it. Thank you. Yeah, just beautiful. So thank uh, you. And thank you for giving the opportunity to us, all those people to, uh, to share, myself included, uh, to share what we do through, um, uh, through your media, you know, through you, and thank you very much. Oh, I, I, I feel honored. I, I feel honored to meet, you know, you and so many beautiful souls who are, who are doing healing work in the world. So, yes, thank you again. Thank you very much. All right. Thank Everyone, thank you for joining us on the Healing Place podcast today. And until next time, remember, be gentle with yourselves.
Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Goodbye.